<laughs> you worried about hope, controlling your breathing? I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> I'm trying to pra- I'm trying to practice my radio voice. Well don't don't do that. Don't do a radio voice. Just talk to me normally. We're just gonna have a normal conversation. No no this radio voice. <laughs> no, it's <Normally>. not. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a walk across Texas State. I'm Zachary, and today I sit down with Amanda Ritter, career educator and liaison to the McCoy College of Business. I had a blast getting to hear about her career journey, and I hope you will too. So thank you, Amanda, for coming on. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out today to chat with me, talk a little bit about our career journey and how we basically started in the same place. We've ended up in the same place, but everything in between is crazy different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, started in the same small town, Texas area. Kind of. So uh, we'll yeah. we'll start there, right? Yeah. So we both graduated in 2010. Mm-hmm. I grew high up school. In, graduated high school. Graduated high school. I grew up in a town, of Liberty, Texas, mm-hmm. which is southeast Texas, near Houston, near, near kind of Beaumont area. You grew up like 20 miles, 15 miles away? Yeah, probably 20 miles away in Anahuac, Texas. Anahuac, Texas. Yeah, which is outside of, it's kind of in between Baytown and Beaumont, Texas. How, how many people did you graduate with? Uh, 90. 90. So I was like at 110. So we, yeah. we were slightly bigger. Yeah, you guys um, are probably 3A and we were 2A. We were 3A. Yeah. Yeah, we were just barely But 3A. we were the biggest 2A school, so, you know. We were a very small 3A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? I think 110 versus 90 and you're in an entirely different (laughs) UIL conference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think now they're like 5A. I don't know how Liberty's like grown up. Yeah. But I think they also added the A's. Is it A's or stars? It's A's. It's A's. And they did add because they added 6A now. So, so yeah, Anwark is probably three now too. They are three. But also that area is, is growing. Yeah. So it's probably a little bit above. Every time I go back, it seems like it's not growing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think I, that's just because we were in in those little towns, yeah. and so it feels the same. It yeah, feels the for same sure. for me when I go back as well. Yeah. Um, so we we graduated probably close to the same day. Um, mm-hmm. We had the same Walmart growing up, right? So yeah. we definitely have crossed paths. But the first time we met was when you got this job as a career advisor here in Career Services over the summer. Right. So we started the same place. We ended the same place. Well, not ended. Hopefully, this isn't the end of our careers. Right, but 11 years later. But 11 years later, here we are. So I want to kind of go back. Okay. I want to talk about senior year of high school a little bit. Um, For me, I wasn't going to go to college. I had no plans to. A band director just happened to show up for McNeese State University uh, the last semester and say, it's not too late to go to college. You can also be in the band. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, And so I talked to him for a little bit. He convinced me. I took the ACT in the middle of the summer, didn't get my results back until right before school started, um, but was admitted to the university really quickly because band, maybe some shady stuff, you know, uh, <laughs> and then that kind of set me on my way. That's so awesome. did you, I, I mean, yeah, you went to UT. Yeah. Yeah. Down so, the road. And it, and it was always, uh, I started taking, I took the PSAT in like seventh grade, yeah. you know, and then I actually started taking the SAT, ACT freshman year of high school mm. because my brother was a senior. And so my mom was like, go with him, take it, practice. Um, so college, basically, what I'm saying is college was always yeah. uh, the plan. I was valedictorian of those 90 kids. 
Um, so I'm talking the top of the top of Anahuac here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of Anahuac. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's super. I mean, I'm when I look back at it, I'm super proud of that. Yeah. Um, and with being valedictorian in the state of Texas, you are automatically accepted to any public institution. So I, my brother went to Texas A&M, mm-hmm. um, and I knew I was not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Aggies. I mm-hmm. love them. But I wanted to get to Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um, so University of Texas was definitely top of the list um and i got into macomb's school of business and so that was really exciting um how did you how did you as a you know a senior an 18 year old how did you decide to become a business major yeah um parents right my parents told me to do it yeah and um and not only not only parents but macomb's being macomb's right Mm -hmm. um and even UT being UT, right? Mm-hmm. You get in, you have the opportunity to go to any uh, elite public school yeah. in the state. You, you, you kind of take it. Looking back, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have chosen business, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's kind of funny how that happens. Did I take value from it? Like, yes, absolutely. I, I took a lot from that experience. But I don't know that I enjoyed it necessarily while I was sure. in the program. But went through a lot of stuff in undergrad. Um, yeah, definitely went through like mental health issues, Mm -hmm. took six years to graduate Mm -hmm. finally, Mm -hmm. but I did it. Um, but it was, I mean, it was an experience, right? And I got to be in Austin and wouldn't, I I don't think I would change much. Like, I think I still would go to UT, maybe change majors and I probably would still end up in the same place that I'm at now, which is kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, so we, we don't have to get into details or sure. anything like that, but can we talk a little bit about things that you wish you would have known as far as um, the college experience, kind of um, things that could have maybe better prepared you for college? Um, or maybe you feel like you're really well prepared. You know, I'm speaking from my small town experience of I got to college and there was no game plan for me to follow. Um, yeah. I was a music education major because I thought I'm going to be in the marching band and I'm going to be Ed, so. Yeah. Um, mm, There's a lot that you wish you knew, but I felt prepared for academics. I did actually really well my first year, which I don't, it's kind of interesting. Um, Coming from a small town, it definitely was a shell shock to walk into an auditorium of 300 people, right, plus Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. Um, But I was able to adapt to that pretty pretty well um but after my freshman year i i didn't feel connected to my degree program mm-hmm. and so i think that had i known that i could have explored career options or maybe majors mm-hmm. i would have had a different pathway i didn't know that mm-hmm. i had what my parents told me and what kind of society tells you like with an elite school right um that this is the school to go to and this is going to set you up and and i didn't do a whole lot of self-reflection so i think that that is kind of where i would go back and and change it a little bit and did you in that kind of frame Mm -hmm. did you go and see uh, career services offices at all or what kind of resources did you lean on um we had so in Macomb's, there's a career center in the school, and mm-hmm. we had uh, career education built into our program. So I had a lot of required classes, mm-hmm. uh, but it was there. It kind of skipped over the exploration part. 
well, to, yeah, to mean, me, right? It was build a resume, get an internship. And yeah. I did, and I got an internship, you know, junior year. Um, and I didn't seek out additional, re- like I didn't seek out additional resources for the exploration part of it, I don't think. Yeah. And I, I mean, wish I had. It, it makes sense because if the if the career center is built into the school, which is, uh, it's fine. That right. it, you know, it's just kind yeah. of a different model. Right. But it makes sense not to really talk about career exploration because I have a vested interest in keeping you in that school, right? right? Why right. would I talk right. to you about maybe changing majors and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was covered, right? And maybe, maybe I didn't yeah. hear it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And, and that is also very possible because yeah. um, a lot is happening when you're in school and you pick up what you want to yeah. hear. Um, so maybe there was exploration within business, mm-hmm. within the business world. Yeah. And about junior year, I definitely can remember starting to recognize that there were outside areas but it was already in my eyes too late right yeah. to switch yeah um, there was already a commitment there and, yeah. and it would delay graduation which was delayed anyway so yeah um but i really i had thought about radio television and film so the rtf program was, sure. was really great too um but didn't change looking back don't really ha- didn't have to change majors to mm-hmm. get into that space right mm-hmm. um even now i mean i'm working in higher education mm-hmm. Did I ever consider higher education as a career option mm-hmm. in Macombs when I was 20? No, but yeah. I still ended up here, which is kind of fun. You graduate. Um, right. We talked before you had some internships, things like that. Yeah. What was your next step? Yeah, I graduated and uh, initially I had used kind of, I was serving tables mm-hmm. throughout pretty much my entire undergrad mm-hmm. um, or at least the, the last half. Uh, used that network connections and actually got into uh, being a service manager at, at a steakhouse in Austin, um, which was never the long-term goal, right? It was just yeah. kind of using your network. Mm-hmm. Um, that was shortly after graduation, and I was in that role for about four to six months. And then I said, okay, where am I going to go next? And I used the knowledge that, that I had gained, right? And um, was looking at sales roles. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed for, uh, I was applying and interviewing for, for quite a few and ended, ended up working for Dell in Round Rock um, in a, an account management position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great experience. I mean, I, I, I got to see a large organization, um, how it functions, I learned a lot. Michael Dell walked past me a couple of times. <laughs> that was cool. But after about a year, I really started to struggle with not having meaning making happening. I felt like, mm-hmm. what? I have to wake up every day and do this. And mm-hmm. I don't feel it wasn't feeding my soul. Sure. And um, I did some self-reflection and did some self-assessments and really was just like, oh, my God, what? I got to find something else. Um, but was very fortunate in the fact that I didn't have to do that without a job. Right? Yeah. I got to do that while I had um, mm-hmm. this this job. And, and so very fortunate, figured out that my values were a lot of like service, um, authenticity, and I wanted to find something that I could kind of utilize that. I needed that one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. Relationship building was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making the move to San Marcos, Texas at the same time, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I Googled top employers in San Marcos. 
and all of those things came together. Like in one, sure. I remember like Googling that and seeing Texas State University and then having my self-assessments next to me and being like, oh my God, higher education. Like that's, yeah. is there is there potential here? And I kind of went through a process where I was like, oh, I don't have a master's degree. I don't sure. know that I'm going to be able to wiggle my way into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually reached out to a professor that I had in undergrad and she had me connected with someone that she knew from Texas State. Didn't end up leading to a, a job actually, but it was a, a stepping stone that needed to happen for me because I was like, oh, I can probably make this happen. Yeah. And then I got an academic advising position. Um, I got an offer and I started three and a half years later. I applied for the career advisor position and now I'm here and helping people through that same journey and experience. So let's, let's go back a little bit and talk about, you know, why, why academic advising? Um, yeah. Or, or was it just, was that to get your foot in the door, you know, in order to kind of continue in higher education or was that a more strategic? I think a little bit, I think a little bit of both. Um, I had an academic advisor in college that I would not be here today without him. Right. Like I, I don't know that I would have graduated. Yeah. Um, he really helped just in, in a lot of different ways. And so when you're going through that self-reflection period, or for me at least, when I was going through that, that period where I was like, what do I care about? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do? You kind of think back to like what you've seen and what you've um, experienced and you think about role models in your life or yeah. people that have gotten you to that point. And I think I just went back to that. Sure. And so that was when I was like higher education and I know it's not teaching because I don't have a PhD, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that was just something that was a potential option. It was also a little bit of getting my foot in the door, of sure. course. Um so, and then I looked and there was a position for the business school specifically. So I kind of had that. Those are all connected, right? Because I have that um, experience, mm-hmm. my own lived experience yeah. of being a business student. I knew academic advising was a relationship building high potential for connection with students. Um, and I went for it. One of the things um, that impressed me early on when you got this job is within the career fairs that we had, Um, you already had students coming up to you. You already had students that recognized you, which can be kind of difficult sometimes when you're doing career advising, career Mm -hmm. education. And I pulled you aside and I said, you know, what, what's the deal with that? What is your secret sauce Mm -hmm. that you have that, you know, students already know you. And you said, you know, the academic advising piece. And I don't think that's the same for every academic advisor. Um, what, what made it, or there's certain things that you did in academic advising sure. to where you were trying to do that a little bit more relationship building piece yeah. like you received from your academic advisor. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of components that go into academic advising and sure. some of it is very structured, right? Yeah. Um, you have a, a curriculum mm-hmm. or your curriculum traditional in the traditional sense and you, you navigate a student through it. So you have to tell them when there's prerequisites and when they need to take certain things. And you also have limited time. So usually those appointments, for me anyway, in my role was 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to use half of that time doing those structured things and half of that time relationship building. That is hard. I'm not sure that there, there, and there's no correct way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, building a relationship with students was why I got in it. Mm -hmm. So I figured out a way to do that. 
because I can see where it, it matters, right? I experienced that that sure. portion of where it mattered. So, um, yeah, I had no idea that it would be beneficial now, right, in my current mm-hmm. position. Um, but it is. You yeah. know, I built those relationships with them, with students, different students that were on that path that may have been freshmen, sophomores at the time, and now they're juniors, seniors, and they're seeing me here in career advising. Um, but I think it's really just because that was important to me. Sure. And I figured out a way to, to kind of put that in there. Um, yeah. You kind of got into a position that aligned more right. with what you were wanting to feel right. Right. to get out of your work. Right. Uh, a little bit more than sales. Yeah. Which it's sales what is I, okay. Right. Which is what I was seeking. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's the difference that I went through that and mm-hmm. had to sit down and think, okay, what do I want? Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I never like that me getting that Dell position was so important. Mm-hmm. It And for anyone, right? I mean, yeah, sales, sales is fine. It might be what someone else is looking for. Sure. But you got to find what you're looking for. And sometimes that means finding something you're not looking for and then yeah. saying, whoa, <laughs> yeah. what is it? And then having to look inward. So Exactly. And so you're thriving as an academic advisor. Mm-hmm. You know, students really know you and are appreciative of you. Mm-hmm. Is career advising slash educating what we're doing now was that something that was on your radar from the beginning or it was one of those things that it opened up and then the stars aligned and it clicked for you yeah that's a good question no i don't think i knew where i wanted to go okay um and i think i start positions like that in general i usually get my foot in the door and because just recently i had someone ask me where i want to go I, you know, I'm in this position for about four months now, three yeah. months. And I said, I don't know. And and I think that's just generally I kind of let it take me and, mm-hmm. and, and start to recognize things. And I think when I was in academic advising about a year and a half in, I started recognizing that there was not a connection between curriculum and maybe choosing a career as much as I would have liked there to mm-hmm. be. And maybe that comes from my experience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's when I found the passion for, for the career portion of it, of how can we connect those two things? Yeah. How can a student navigate their academic career while also thinking about their future? Yeah. Which seems like intuitive. Like, I I feel like it seems like that happens, but it doesn't always. You kind of have, you have to put that focused energy into thinking about, what you're seeing and where it might lead to later and maybe doing some of that reflection and looking inward while you're in your program that way you don't have to do it afterwards like I did. Right. I think it's easy to, um, you know, I'm the advisor for the college of applied arts. Mm -hmm. I have two liberal arts degrees, so I know liberal arts students very well. Yeah. Also, um, it can be difficult to get past your classes. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard enough just being in school. Right. But, kind of asking students on top of being in school to start thinking about your career, which doesn't feel like it's going to come for years and years and (laughs) years until you're like three months out of graduation and you realize you have to do that. So I I think that, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's the difficult part about what we do is a lot of times in presentations, I say we're like the doctor's office. You probably don't want to come to our office and talk about resumes and cover letters, but you should do a yearly checkup. Yeah, you should do something to where we we all make sure you know that you're on the right path, or you know, are there any course 
corrections we need to do or are there steps that we need to take to make sure that you're at where you want to be at the end? Um, One of the reasons I'm in career education and that I became passionate about it is because, man, I wish I would have had some course correction, you know, not necessarily political science. I thoroughly enjoyed political science, but I had no plan. Um, I, I thought (laughs) kind of silly. I thought for some reason that employers were going to be knocking down my door as soon as I got the first degree and I got the first one and no one knocked. And I said, well, (laughs) it's because I don't have enough degrees. Uh, and so I got the second and then no one knocked again. Uh, and so from that, you know, I course corrected and, you know, I kind of did the same thing of what do I want to do? What do I enjoy? And it's helping people and being in higher education. So I ended up taking an administrative assistant job for fraternity and sorority life, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it and just happened to work with someone who ended up in this office a few months after I started. And then a position opened here, customer care coordinator working with students um, that they thought I'd be good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never stepped foot in a career services office before my interview for that position. So it, it's strange how, you know, these two paths can kind of come together but I think a lot of it has to do with those lived experiences of, you know, how, you know, the impact you can have here. Right. Yeah. And you've known it for a while because of your own experience at UT and working with that academic advisor. For me, it was, I didn't have that experience and I want to find the students that are also kind of lost out there or think that they're fine, but really need that extra help. Yeah. Yeah. And the meaning making portion of it. Right. Like actually thinking, about who you are, what you mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. what you want to do every day uh, yeah. for a for a professional career yeah. um, is maybe, yeah, what we need to make sure to highlight, right, mm-hmm. for students um, that we, we both maybe didn't get for whatever reason. Yeah. Could have been our own doing. But oh, I agree. I think yeah. it was me. I'm not blaming my schools at all. Right? Yeah. The career services office was here while I was at Texas State. Yeah. I just ignored it. So. Yeah, I'm sure someone tried to tell me in one of my classes and I was like, do do do, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, thinking about after class. But yeah. and maybe that's all part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I love that we both got here on in different journeys. Yeah. And we're in the same spot. It's the exact same room. Yeah. Having gone to the same Walmart, but never talking before. <laughs> yeah. Did not know yeah. each and other. And to the clarify. Whole time. Anarch does not have a Walmart, and so we yeah. have to travel to the Liberty Walmart. The Liberty it's, Walmart. It's, it's not even your Walmart; it's our Walmart. <laughs> it's your okay. Walmart. Yeah. We didn't have one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Though I think that we got to the same place, and that there's no, there's no set journey, right? Like no. you have to. We all have to create our own, mm-hmm. um, and it'll it will work out, and you can, I don't know, navigate your way there, but it will be different for everyone. Absolutely. And to, to be fair about the Walmart and the reason <laughs> that I really wanted you on today, Amanda. <laughs> to talk about the Walmart? No, 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 not the Walmart. <laughs> we don't have a Gator Fest. And Anahuac does, yeah. And Anahuac does. And, and it, it is it, it, it is an event. the coolest thing that happens in Southeast Texas. It I is. Think. It is. It's this, you know, huge festival. And when I say huge, that's by our standards, not by whatever standards y'all have out right, there. Right. It's not ACL. Could probably fit in one it's better than ACL, ACL but it's yeah. better because it's it's you know it's got <laughs> gators yeah anawak is the alligator t- capital of texas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so we do have a gator fest every year yep and uh if that sounds interesting listeners check it out 
Yeah, you, you've got live gators. <laughs> you've got dead gators. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you've, got, you've got fried gators <laughs> on a stick. You can eat gator, yeah. <laughs> you can eat. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> and also like gator merchandising, right? Yeah. Usually in a very... Gator s- boots. Gator boots. Yeah. In a swampy area yeah. of, of Texas that it usually rains during it and there's mud. So like, yeah. it's, like, it's like Woodstock meets <laughs> gators on a very small stage yeah because so. and there is live music yeah. yeah so it is like it is an event i don't think have we have we been to the same gator fest probably did, did you go i there? went every year oh so did you see um this is probably we've probably already outred by now but did you see uh cross canadian ragweed when they were there yes okay we were at the same gator yeah. fest. The same, yeah we, so not only did we go to the same walmart we were probably in the same crowd yeah that was also like the peak of of Gator Fest. I feel like that's um, the last one I went to. Cross Canyon Ragweed, and then um, there's another band that went that I was just like, wow, and they just blew up right after. Yeah. Um, I definitely went Randy Rogers band. Like they oh, yeah. they have they have some big ones. Casey yeah. Donahue. Yeah. For, for yeah. Your, your, Casey Donahue was great at your, Gator uh, Fest. Yeah. Was that the same Cross Canyon Ragweed? It, I feel like it yeah, might have yeah. been. That's the Gator Fest that we were like probably standing next to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now we're doing this podcast (laughs) together. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, you know, had a blast talking to you. It's been a a pleasure getting to know you. And then, you know, every now and then talk about our little Southeast Texas things that used to happen. Yeah, same. Um, So I appreciate it. And I enjoyed the podcast. You should be on it. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll see y'all later. A Walk Across Texas State is produced by Zachary Webb. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. Don't forget to like and subscribe to hear new episodes every other Tuesday each semester. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.